Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to another episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. We're going to talk about alcohol and relationships today and all the things that that entails. I was texting back and forth with a client the other day, and she's an entrepreneur like me, and she's in her first few months of sobriety. Her schedule is crazy. Her recovery is definitely a priority, and she's trying to navigate all the relationships in her life as she's being a sober mom, wife, friend, and daughter. And she loves, of course, being free from alcohol, but she really needs the people around her to understand the difficulties of getting sober and to be more supportive of the journey. And her parents and some of her friends struggle to even see that she has a problem with alcohol, right? So they tend to minimize the whole thing or be kind of dismissive about it. Her husband definitely knows it was a major problem and is a great supporter, but also feels like this recovery thing takes a lot of time and it takes her away from the family to go to meetings or even to do online meetings and to do all the healthy things that she needs to do to take care of herself. And A couple of weeks ago, she was totally exhausted, not feeling great. So she went to her room and she was laying down and he came in and asked if she was okay and what's going on. And then he asked her if she had been drinking. Well, you can imagine how that went, right? She got super angry and the conversation did not go well. And as I'm sure you've experienced, there are a lot of growing pains that come with change. When you make major changes in your life, it tends to change everything. Whether it's an exercise journey or a breakup or a new job, like all your routines get disrupted and everybody has to adjust. Sobriety is the same way. And I understand why she's feeling so stressed and so much pressure. She wants to be sober and celebrating this major milestone of growth and change, but the people around her don't get it. And I've worked with hundreds of people and spouses and families over the years, and I've seen this pattern so many times with so many people. When you're consumed with your commitment to not drinking or smoking or whatever your thing is, it can be difficult to know how to bring your people on the journey with you. You want to keep moving forward, show your family how much better you are and do everything better. But sooner or later, the excitement turns to like, I'm so exhausted. I wish they were more supportive. And I just want everyone to leave me alone. <laughs> you know. So how can we help the people we love understand what we're doing and why it's necessary? And how can we support them in their own process? And a couple of things I want to start with. And talking about who we are in active addiction, right? We are different people when we are using drugs or drinking alcohol. 
we are not honest. We're hiding things. We're selfish. We're especially hiding how bad we feel on the inside, right? The depression, self-loathing, guilt and shame. And we are trapped. And what happens to the people around us is they're confused. They're overwhelmed, baffled by the whole thing, hurt, disappointed, exhausted, and powerless because there's nothing they can do to stop it. There's nothing they can do to fix it, change it, help us, or make it stop. They lie for us, cover for us when we aren't at gatherings or events or when we're late, telling people we're sick, making excuses with the kids, and they're picking up all the pieces as we are falling apart. And if you're like most of my clients, you're high functioning and putting a ton of time and energy into hiding what's really going on. You're making sure everything looks good on the outside so no one knows the disaster that lives on the inside. So what happens is you put on this show and you do everything in your power to make it look to the world like you really have your shit together. Then you're mad when people don't understand you have a problem and they aren't supportive the way you want them to be. You see how that isn't fair? You did everything you could to convince everyone you didn't have a problem. You can't be mad at them because your plan worked. It's not their fault that you were a master manipulator and deceived them, right? That's really what it comes down to. So let's break down the anatomy of addiction real quick because I want you and your loved ones to understand the core of the whole thing so that you can also understand the core of recovery and what's necessary to heal and stay sober. What we don't deal with well is feelings, any feelings. Happy, sad, bored, overwhelmed, left out, inadequate, mad, disappointed, any feeling. Feelings create anxiety, and we are people with anxiety. I can't tell you how many people will get on a consultation call with me, and one of the first things they'll say is, I have really bad anxiety. I have really bad social anxiety. I'm like, yes. We all do. <laughs> You're not unique. We all have horrible anxiety. It's just the name of the game. And what happens, we have the feelings and the feelings create the anxiety, which just makes us super uncomfortable. Then we use things to make us feel better. Drinking, drugs, sex, shopping, food, sugar, right? We're using all the things. We also isolate, whether that's physically isolating and really pulling back from people or emotionally isolating. Because when we're alone, we can relax, right? I feel like there's always sort of this sense when you're around people a lot, there's always this sense of like, I have to put up the character or put on the show. But when we're alone, then we can just relax and be 100% who we are. And of course, that feels better. And there's another side of this too. As human beings, we also tend to be very selfish. It's not on purpose. We're just 
in our heads 24 seven, thinking about ourselves and what we want, how we want things to happen and how we want people to behave. And we get into a bad habit of not considering how the other people feel and what they want. So while you are thinking about you, your partner is thinking about them. And your parents are thinking about themselves and how they feel about it. And your friends are thinking about themselves and their feelings about it. The point of this episode is to shed some light on what everyone is feeling and thinking so that you can better understand one another and communicate in an honest and simple way so everyone can be on the same page. So number one is, I believe it's our responsibility as the person experiencing this firsthand, it's our responsibility to lead our people on this journey with us. Meaning, we have to communicate what is going on for us and what we need. No one can read your mind and magically know how to support you or know what you need. I need to be left alone. You may need to feel cuddled. And someone else may need to talk. You have to speak up and tell people if you don't want them to drink around you or you don't want alcohol in the house or if you want to go to gatherings and events and parties or if you don't. Tell them what kind of time you need to take care of yourself. Tell them what duties or chores you need them to help with to allow for the time you need. Tell them if it's okay to ask questions or if you need some time to figure things out before you're ready to answer questions. You have to lead them and communicate what's important to you. Number two, don't be angry if they don't get it. They're not going to get it. If they have a problem themselves and aren't ready to quit, then they're going to push back because they're going through their own thing. You don't have any control over that. If your person doesn't have their own problem, and you went to great lengths to hide your problem, then don't you don't get to be mad that they don't get it. But it's also your responsibility to find people that do get it. And be grateful for your people that don't understand because that means they don't have it. That's a good thing for them. I'm always so grateful when people don't understand because that means they're not living with this thing and they're not battling this monster. That's a good thing. Number three. They are allowed to ask if you've been drinking or using drugs, and your response should not be one of anger and disgust. You don't get to be appalled that they would ask such a thing because you've got two or four or six months sober. We damage that trust. We are dishonest and we hide things from them. They have every right to be cautious. And here's the thing, you have certain tells, 
right? There are things in your behavior, your mannerisms, the way you talk or walk or stay up late or get up in the middle of the night or a certain glass you use. There are all these things that signal to your partner that you're drinking. You have no idea all the data they've collected to try to be prepared for whichever personality they're going to get. And any one of those details can trigger your partner. Like my client I talked about at the top of the episode, she was laying down in the evening when she would typically be getting the kids situated and figuring out dinner. For him, her husband, he was triggered because sometimes when she drank too much, she would disappear into her room and lay down. Your partner is asking because they're scared not because they want to be mean or rude or hurt your feelings. They are scared. They're probably elated that you're sober and changing, but that doesn't erase the fear of you going back, especially if you've quit before and then started again. Our families and partners need a lot of guidance in this journey. They have a ton of questions and a ton of fears, and they have no idea what to do or what you need. Your partner probably spends a good portion of their day constantly wondering, are they okay? Is this going to last? Is there something I should be doing? How's this going to affect our relationship? Are they still going to love me? Are they going to stay sober? Will we stay together through this? What do they need from me? The natural reaction is to be offended and hurt because you're only thinking about your feelings. You aren't taking a moment to think about what your person is going through and the fears they have, what they're experiencing that prompted them to ask. Asking if you're drinking isn't wrong or mean-spirited. It just means their fear is triggered and they need reassurance. And they should always feel welcome to ask. You want to be so consumed in what you need and your healing, but all the people around us have to heal too. Asking for reassurance is part of their healing. Be kind to that, not mad. You know, I remember I dated somebody years ago and he relapsed. And, you know, to be honest, I think he was probably relapsing even before I met him. But when I met him, he created this picture for me that he had it together and had some years of sobriety and whatever. So we start dating. It became clear very quickly that he had lied about everything and and he started drinking. And it got to the point where I could tell just from a text message, I knew instantly if he was drinking, right? Obviously that relationship didn't last for a thousand reasons, but it was just going back to those tells. We all have tells. We have little things in our behavior that tell what we're up to. It's the same way in your recovery. You have tells. Your people know if you are really recovering and healing and changing or if you're not because there will be tells in your behavior. It will be different. You'll talk different. You'll navigate life differently. You'll talk about things differently. You'll talk about your experience and what you're learning and the light bulb moments that you have. We have all these tells. Don't be mad at your partner when they're smart enough to pick up on things. Because it goes the same way when you're not working a program of recovery. They know that too. They're not dumb. Now, I'm going to switch gears a bit for the families and friends. I know you don't get it. The truth is we don't get it either. We have no idea why we can't stop drinking. It doesn't make any sense to us either. 
We do not want to be this way. We don't want to hurt you and disappoint you and make you angry at us. We are not choosing alcohol over you. We would never make that choice. What's happening is alcohol or whatever your thing is, has become our primary coping mechanism. Remember how I talked about feelings and how we don't deal with feelings well? Well, that's the issue at hand. When there are feelings and we can't talk about them because we don't know how, and we can't solve them on our own because we are emotionally immature and ill-equipped, right? We've built a habit of reaching for the drink because it numbs the feelings. And when you do this on a regular basis, alcohol changes the brain and creates a reward system for taking the drink. It also creates a process of craving more. Believe me, no one wishes more than us that we could have never landed here, right? But here we are. We have an inability to cope with feelings. And there's nothing in life that doesn't create feelings. When feelings are overwhelming and we don't have solutions, it turns to pure anxiety. And when the anxiety becomes more than we can take or we can't find another way out, we drink because drinking works. It drowns the anxiety almost instantly. We know there's relief there and it always works. This is also why we're so emotionally immature when we get sober, because the only coping skill we've learned is substance. And if the substance isn't always available, then we use behaviors. We'll self-medicate with overworking, overeating, overspending, sex, gambling, whatever. We'll reach for anything to self-medicate. And one thing you have to understand, I'm still talking to the family and friends right now, One thing you have to understand is that getting sober is not one decision one time. People have this idea that we decide not to drink anymore and live happily ever after. Like we just decide one day, one time, okay, I'm done. And we move on and live happily ever after. But the truth is we have to make this decision a thousand times a day. Not drinking changes everything. Now I have no relief. I have no friends. I have nowhere to go because everything I'm used to doing revolves around alcohol and everybody I'm used to hanging out with revolves around alcohol. So on top of being uncomfortable in my own skin, having an inability to understand and effectively cope with feelings, now I have to be different and left out and more alone than ever. And I have to just sit in it. So no, it's not just one decision one time. It's one decision a thousand times a day with all the weight of my family's happiness and their hurt and anger and disappointment resting solely on my shoulders. How do you think you'd perform under those circumstances? I hope you're all starting to see this from a different perspective, because that's the point of this whole episode, to allow you to see and feel the other person's point of view instead of only seeing your own. 
Whether you are the person with addiction or you are a friend or family member, I want you to see the other person's point of view so you can understand it better and have some empathy and know how to approach it better. Now let's talk about the recovery part. Again, we're going back to the feelings. Feelings are nonstop, they're uncomfortable, and we have zero coping skills. We also tend to be stubborn, defiant, impulsive, reactive, and super sensitive. (laughs) You can say the tiniest thing and you will get a gigantic reaction. We're also vibrant and charming and funny. We are super smart. We're loyal and we are loving to a fault. But addiction brings an internal loneliness. A hole so deep inside of us that sometimes it feels impossible to fill. We try to fill it with all the things. Again, work, food, shopping, sex. We want so badly to fill the hole. And some days it just feels impossible. But to heal, we have to be around other people like us. I have to have other alcoholics in my life. I can't be trapped out in the world all the time with non-addicted people. I mean, let's be honest, they're weird. They have no compulsions. They don't spend all their time obsessing about pointless things, constantly worrying about things that may or may not happen 10 years from now. They aren't planning their days around double cheeseburgers and those cookies we're so obsessed with and 30-ounce coffee drinks. They're just weirdly balanced, and I can't even comprehend how that's enjoyable. (laughs) We need to be around our kind of people, and that means support groups. If you want your person to recover and heal, they have to have a commitment to spend time with like-minded people, whether that's in person or online. It doesn't matter. But I have to be with people that speak my language. And this is a great way to visualize what it feels like to be a person with addiction because we're only 10% of the population. So it constantly feels like you're different. Everyone around you is speaking a different language. Like, think about it. Have you ever traveled somewhere where they speak a different language? Think about all the anxiety that comes with losing your most basic ability to communicate. What if you get lost and can't ask for directions? How do you get help if no one understands you? That's what life feels like when you're different from 90% of the people around you all day, every day. It's very alienating. So to recover, we need to be around each other. We trust each other because we fight the same monster on a daily basis and we know how we feel when no one else does. This has to be the number one priority, support from your people. For our families, that means you have to support us in having that time. It is frustrating. It does disrupt things. It's very inconvenient. And sometimes it may feel like we're having a lot of fun while you're holding it all together. It's very difficult because 
when we're drinking, everything revolves around us, right? Trying to make us okay, trying to protect the world from us, trying to maintain a household and take care of the kids and cover for us with extended family or with our jobs. We consume all of the available energy. And then when we quit drinking, the people around us have an expectation that will change. But the truth is, when we're sober, everything still revolves around us for a while. And I do understand why that's frustrating because so much has been given. So many sacrifices have been made to protect us and keep relationships intact as much as possible. But it is the reality of the situation. Remember, if we want to stay sober long-term, we're going to have to learn other coping strategies that don't rely on substance as the solution. Our whole internal thinking system has to change. And that's not fast or easy. But neither is like, like chemotherapy, right? If your person had a devastating diagnosis, you wouldn't be getting frustrated because the treatment is inconvenient or selfish or it isn't working fast enough. Just because we're ambulatory and still functioning from day to day doesn't mean our treatment and healing is any less devastating and difficult than any treatment for any other disease. One of the most important things for us to do is learn how to deal with anxiety. We have to learn how to calm ourselves and we have to engage in activities that are calming and self-soothing and that battle that anxiety. The buzzword is self-care. And that can be really irritating to the people around us because, again, it's all about us. And we're just out having fun and pampering ourselves while they're doing the hard work at home. But if you want me to survive, I have to get my anxiety in check. All those feelings we've been talking about turn into anxiety. Discomfort is anxiety. Low self-esteem manifests in anxiety. Fear is anxiety. All we feel most of the time is anxiety. If you want to recover and heal, you have to take the actions to counteract anxiety. That means time with friends, exercise, having hobbies that make you feel good, getting adequate rest. I'm not saying you get to abandon your family and all your responsibilities. I'm saying you have to communicate with your support system to figure out a plan that works for everyone. And everyone is going to be uncomfortable and inconvenienced and irritated. And we would all rather be doing something else. Welcome to adulting. Right? Because that's what it is. But you have to communicate through this situation. You aren't healed and fixed and recovered overnight. You have to work together. Tell your people what you're feeling and what you need and do that all the time. It's also okay to not have the answers. Just say that. It's great to be excited about your recovery and all the prospects of a new life. And remember, it also feels self-serving and unfair to the people around us. If you don't communicate through the process, then you'll do more damage to those relationships because your people won't do what you want them to because you haven't told them what you want and need. And then you're going to get mad at them for not doing what you want and you're going to take it out on them. It's just not acceptable. 
as you're making your recovery plan, focus on taking the right actions to get you the sobriety you want and make sure that honest communication is front and center. You are your responsibility. Your needs, your plan, your recovery is yours to create and protect. And if you aren't taking it seriously, then you can't expect anyone else to take it seriously. If you're playing the yo-yo game and you're constantly doing this half-assed with one foot in and one foot out, then nothing is going to work. That's for damn sure. This is a difficult transition for everyone. So I'm urging you, flip the switch once and for all. And if you find yourself in that space that you're done messing around, you're tired of the BS, you're tired of your own drama, and you're ready to get serious about changing your life, schedule a call with me to be your personal guide. We'll figure out all the recovery things. And we work on all the communication things too with your partner and your family. I want you to get the life you want. And we may be a great fit. You can schedule a call at addictionunlimited.com forward slash call, and I will link that in the show notes. Addictionunlimited.com forward slash call. You guys, this is so important to be able to see each other's point of view. I want the people that love us to understand this is not easy for us. This is not a cakewalk. Yes, we get to go hang out with our sober people and we get to have laughs and we do get to have some relief in those moments. But this is the most difficult thing we will ever do in our lives. It is one decision a thousand times a day. And for us with the addiction, for our families, you guys, you have to sit back and give your family some grace. There is no way for them to understand what you are going through. There is no way for them to get what it feels like and how hard it is and all the challenges. The truth is, especially when you're new, you don't even understand it. So how the hell do you expect anybody else to understand it? That's why we just have to communicate. Even if you don't have the answers, just say that. Just say, hey, listen, this is what I'm doing. This is what's going on for me. I don't have all the answers. I don't know what this is going to look like from day to day. I don't know how I'm going to feel or how things are going to change. I have no idea. But I know I want you on this journey with me. And if we can just keep talking about stuff, then we can get through it. But take the time to understand each other's sides. It's the only way to get through this. We all get through it together. And I'm happy to help if you need support. Addictionunlimited.com forward slash call. I hope you're having a fantastic day and I will see you next week. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.